This is a very special moment in the life of the UGA-RUF community. Tonight, instead of sharing a message with our students, we hand the mic over to hear our message from our students, really to hear stories of redemption in their lives in these four years in this particular ministry. The stories that you're about to hear from six of these seniors are cut from the same cloth of the stories that we actually talk about every Wednesday night in RUF when we open up the Bible and hear of God working in the details of regular people's lives uh, to bring grace and hope and newness and change. And so this is a really encouraging night. It's a, it's a weighty night as we hear people who are just dear friends to us share stories of how Jesus has set his affection and his attention on them during their years in college. So this is a favorite night for us, and even on a night when it's happening in a different way than we really imagined, obviously no one thought we'd be doing this over a podcast. There's a little heartache behind this tonight because of the situation that we're in. But the fact still remains that nothing can take away what God has done in all of these seniors' lives as they uh, begin to move out of Athens and back into the world, back into the church, nothing can take that away. Nothing, no two-month ending of your college career can eclipse the three and a half years prior to this. And so we're eager to hear your stories and to, to learn and to grow from you. Before we do, a quick word of thanks and appreciation. Um, we all know this, but just to kind of conjure up an image in your mind's eye, for those of you in the UGA RUF community, uh, the people that we're about to hear from, though it's just six of them, they represent the 40 or so se- graduating seniors in this kind of UGA RUF class of 2020. And these seniors who are graduating right now, they're not just, they haven't just been people who've observed or received the ministry of RUF their four years in college. But these are people, as we say, with skin in the game. These have been your small group leaders. These have been the people who remembered your name your first week at large group and took you out to lunch or people who gave you a ride to church. These have been your worship leaders, your freshman prayer group leaders. These have been people who uh, added you to the intramural team, people that you didn't even really know, but you so respected their integrity or their maturity or their godliness or their friendliness. So these six stories, though it's just six of about 40, it's representative of the whole, and we get to hear specific ways um, of God's work in their lives and God's work through them. It is always this night that I think of a particular uh, thing that Paul said one time uh, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. Paul is talking to uh, these other Christians that he knew, and he said, that we, kind of we ministers, cared about you so much that we were ready to share with you not only the gospel, but our very lives, because you had become so dear to us. And I think of that every senior send-off because, again, we're not saying goodbye to kind of people who just sat there and received something from us. We're saying goodbye to people who gave to us, gave a ton to us. 
people not just who shared stories or information or kind of uh, their gifts or their talents, but they gave us their lives. Seniors, you gave us your lives. You let us in and you came into our lives. And that's why we're so tightly bound together. And that's why though we send you out with joy and celebration and hope for what's next for you, we'd be lying if we tried to sugarcoat it all and said, there's not some heavy heartedness in us. You're going to be really missed. Uh, you're going to be, your presence, your leadership, just the way you steadied the ship, the way you being in the room brought a little more life to it, a little more steadiness. We're going to miss that about you. But do not think that distance or time is going to erase your memory from this place and this ministry. What's actually happening is your, your, your memory, your legacy, your ministry here among us is now getting woven into this fabric over the past 20 years of people just like you who have left it all on the field, who loved well, who received well, who allowed others to enter in their lives. Uh, now you become a thread in that big tapestry of what God has been doing here for the past 20 years. And so we honor you, we thank you, we love you so much. And we remember you. You won't be forgotten. And so with that, I want to uh, do what I said earlier. And we want to give you the mic and not kind of speak a message to you tonight. But we want to, let, we want to sit as you speak a message to us. And you identify specific ways that God has been God to you. That he's been true to who he always said he would be. So seniors, thanks for sharing with us a piece of your story. And for the other 35 or 40 who don't speak on this episode, we know you stand behind the stories of these brothers and sisters of yours who do share. So thank you, and we'll miss you. And without any further ado, we'll hand the mic off to you. Hi, everyone. This is Kelly Tibbs here. I'm a senior at UGA RUF, of course, and I'm getting my degree in bioscience and entomology. I'll be starting grad school for entomology at UGA in the fall. I think one of the best parts of college and the best parts of RUF is the way that God has reconstructed my view of the gospel and his love. And that's not something I really expected because I definitely grew up in a Christian home and thought I understood the gospel, and I did. But RUF has really contributed to what I think about the gospel and grace and how that practically applies to a life that's a little bit nittier and grittier than high school. Um, I've learned this a lot in conversations with Ben. Um, that would be my advice to any freshman out there or, or myself when I was a freshman is just to invest in meeting with ministry leaders like Ben Coppage or Casey or Trevor. Um, but in conversations with Ben, I remember junior year, we talked about the prodigal son passage together and I had always related more to the brother of the prodigal son who stayed home, did what he was supposed to and was a good kid, quote unquote, um, and then asks his dad when he gives the other son so much grace, okay, dad, what about me? Um, and I definitely have that, okay, what about me complex when it comes to God. And Ben challenged me to think about the dad's response a little bit differently because the dad says, in what I had thought was an accusing tone, haven't I always provided for you? Um, but Ben challenged me to think about it like a loving father would ask his son, hey, haven't I always taken care of you? I'm going to do that again. And that was kind of the, the, the beginning of me understanding that God was reshaping what I thought about his gospel because I realized that he was a loving father that had room for my questions, um, but still said, hey, I'm, I'm going to take care of you. 
I've learned this too in conversations with y'all, with the community, just that um, I, I can be loved in my mess. Y'all always want to hear about my week, even if it's not good. Um, my roommates have sat with me through so much um, you know, sadness and anger um, and have been so kind to love me even when I'm not very lovable. Um, you know, I think in college, life is just more complicated than before and you experience new situations and, and new levels of emotion that you haven't before. And I really have been the most sad I've ever been in my life during college. I've been the most angry I've ever been in my life during college. I've been the most happy that I've ever been in college too, but I've also been the most anxious. And through that all, I have seen God provide, even if it wasn't in those moments where I was feeling that heightened emotion. And it is a lot of times through him working in me over time and patience. I see at the end of it that he loves me, but it's also through, again, people like you guys that he's provided just to remind me that I'm accepted as is and that I can be loved even if I'm really messy. And it just reminds me that God loves me as is too. Um, and another conversation I had with Ben is a passage in Isaiah that talks about, you know, his ways are higher than our ways. And if you read that passage all the way through, it, it really is describing why God loves us. And he loves us for a reason that we can't really understand. He loves us because he wants to and not because we have anything to offer him. And I had that conversation with Ben last semester and it blew my mind because it hit me recently that we talk about that so much at RUF. We talk about how um, God is a God who meets us where we are and doesn't leave us stuck there. And that sounds like a cliche or a nice motto because we say it so much. And I remember hearing it when Ben first came to UGA in the second semester of my sophomore year. And I thought, oh yeah, that's a really great way of putting it. I agree. But it wasn't until this week, actually, when I was reflecting on my senior year, that I realized that because of RUF and because of UGA and, and the college experience and God's faithfulness, I'm beginning to see what that actually means. It means that no matter how messy I am, no matter how little I understand about God, he's not going to run away from me. And even if that means I tell him, I am afraid and I'm going to trust you. There's room for that. And there's also room for that in the community that he's given me through you guys. And for that, I'm really grateful. And I hope that each one of you experienced that community um, and that unconditional love from the Lord during your time in college too, because that's something that will never change. Even when your senior year gets changed and then you move or you graduate, um, God's love is going to stay the same. And I'm really thankful for y'all and for a community that has taught me that. Hello, everyone. My name is Drew Bohannon, and I just want to say it's a funny joke voting for the guy that doesn't like public speaking to share his story with y'all. Um, but in all seriousness, I'd like to begin with a quote from John Bunyan that I feel describes my experience these last four years of college. <clears throat> I have sometimes seen more in a line of the Bible than I could well tell how to stand under. And yet, at another time, the whole Bible hath been to me as dry as a stick, or rather, my heart hath been so dead and dry unto it, that I could not conceive the least dram of refreshment, though I have looked it all over. In particular, I want to focus on the second half of that quote, my heart hath been so dead and dry unto it, because that's exactly how I felt towards God, His Word, and Christianity from freshman year until the end of last semester. Some of you may be like me. I grew up in a Christian home, attended church, 
and would call myself a believer from an early age. I always knew who God and Christ were. However, my time in college showed me that I had a head knowledge of who God was, rather than a heart knowledge. It started freshman year when I went to see one of my roommates get baptized. Him and many others were getting baptized and rebaptized, which I won't get into now. <clears throat> and while those around me responded with joy and excitement, all I felt was cynicism. And that made me think, why do they rejoice when someone publicly professes faith in Christ and I respond with skepticism? Why don't I have joy in the knowledge of being a Christian? This thought grew and grew in my mind like a canker until I began to seriously doubt whether I was saved or not. I read the Bible looking for comfort and found none. I prayed for assurance of salvation, but felt like I was talking to the wind. I spoke with friends and others about my feeling of abandonment of God's absence and my lack of joy in being a Christian. Nothing helped. If anything, I felt more dejected and cynical than before. And throughout this whole time, I was engaged in a secret sin that many struggle with, a sin that can kill the soul and deaden your heart towards others and God. What I didn't realize was that God was using this sin to cause distance between myself and Him. He withdrew His presence to reveal the source of my spiritual deadness, not this secret sin, but one much deeper and deadlier, pride and self-righteousness. See, I thought that Christ died to save sinners, but only really bad sinners. And I wasn't one of those, or so I thought. I wasn't that bad, surely. I mean, I never went downtown, drank, slept around. I wasn't associated with those outward sins as I viewed them. But inwardly, I was a mess. Like the Pharisees, I was a whitewashed tomb. I appeared good, but only had death on the inside. I thought Christ's atoning work on the cross was only that little extra I needed for salvation. <laughs> Friends, how wrong I was. God exposed the pride of my heart. He tore down the wall of self-righteousness I had built. He showed me that I was broken beyond my feeble means of repair. I needed a Savior. I needed Jesus. And Jesus had died. He died for me. <clears throat> I've probably gone well over the time by now, and I wish I could talk for longer. And if anyone wants to talk to me, I would gladly talk to them. I need to share this story with more people. But to wrap things up, though I didn't feel it for four long years, God was at work in me. He used many people and things in my life to bring me to the realization that I needed Him. People I would like to thank now. Ben Coppage, for your tireless prayer and meetings with me and the books and readings you suggested. David Hokeham and Colin Stevens, my best of friends these past years. Christian Huff and Hunter Burnett, who would spend long hours talking with me and praying for me and many others, unnamed but not unappreciated. I cannot thank you and God enough for the blessing you've been to me, a blessing I wouldn't have had if I hadn't gone to RUF. Friends, if you take anything away from what I've shared tonight, it's that there is a Savior, Christ Jesus, and His blood is the fountain which washes us as white as snow. His work is what makes us children of God. His work is what makes us acceptable to His holy presence. Nothing we have done, do, or can do will merit our salvation. It is through Christ alone. God showed me that through the hardest four years of my life, but I am all the better for it. I have a peace which passes all understanding. I have assurance that on the final day God will say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. I have assurance that Christ has paid it all for me. As the psalmist says, I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me.
I'll miss you all. And thank you for this time to share with you all. Hey guys, my name is Alexa Taylor. I'm a senior about to graduate with a dietetics major and an exercise and sports science minor. I'm from Winter Springs, Florida, which is a town right outside of Orlando. Long story short, I didn't grow up going to church. I was saved in high school and had only been involved in one Presbyterian church back home. I was nervous coming to college because my only source of Christian community was at that church, but they recommended we all join RUF wherever we were headed to college. Because I'm from Florida, I knew no one coming to UGA, and the Lord was clearly at work because it is not my personality to decide to move eight hours away from my family where I knew no one. (laughs) Community is something I've struggled with since I started college. I wish I could tell you my RUF journey is one of finding community as soon as I walked through the door my first night of large group. I'm thankful if that is your story, but it definitely isn't mine. I started coming to RUF pretty early on freshman year and went to large group pretty consistently my first two years, but never joined a community group. By the summer of sophomore year, I was feeling the weight of having no community. Hunter, he's either speaking before or after me, I'm not really sure, but we started dating freshman year, getting married in two months please coronavirus go away. Um, (laughs) He's been such a big part of my RUF story because he was really involved ever since like week one of freshman year in RUF. And I felt like I followed him around every time I went to RUF or an RUF event because he knew people and no one knew me. He's the one that encouraged me to join a community group my junior year. I did. I showed up consistently every single week. I wish I could tell you that community came. I was in a community group. I was going to large group group consistently at this point, and I still had no community. I remember showing up to a ministry team interest meeting the end of my junior year trying to get more involved, and Ben asked everyone what they liked most about RUF, and so many people were mentioning how amazing the community was at RUF, and I just sat in silence the whole time. What was wrong with me? What was I doing wrong that I didn't get that community that all these other people got the second they walked through the door. I love the teaching and worship at RUF, and I was growing spiritually through my involvement in RUF, but no real friends had come. That time was a lot of loneliness and a lot of prayers for a community of girls. I became a community group leader at the beginning of my senior year and slowly met other people in RUF, and I'm thankful that the Lord, three years later, provided a sense of community in RUF. At a time when, honestly, I felt like I didn't have much more to give because friends weren't pouring into me, God had me pouring into others through being a community group leader before he gave me a sense of community. My identity, my strength, my ability to serve all comes from the Lord. There are times even now that I question my place in RUF. I question why people even voted for me to speak on Senior Share, quite honestly. I'm quick to think that no one knows me in RUF, but I'm thankful for Hunter pushing me to get involved. I'm thankful for sweet friends that have come into my life this semester that jump at the opportunity to eat pizza six feet apart by the IM fields in quarantine. I'm thankful for friends who wanted to grab coffee or lunch on campus and continue to call to check in even when we we can't see each other. I'm thankful for other sweet friends who showed up to my house, ate snacks, and studied the Bible with me on Monday nights. I'm thankful for prayer pods that prayed for and with me the past two semesters. Don't get me wrong, I love RUF. Sometimes it was hard to show up to, though. I tell you this story so if you're the one struggling who is struggling to find community in RUF, you are not alone. Don't give up. Community isn't always easy to find. The truth of the gospel, though, is that if you are in Christ, Jesus is always by your side. If this isn't your story and you found community quickly in RUF, 
Maybe this gives you another perspective of, of others in RUF. Maybe it challenges you to be bold and reach out to others that you know come to RUF but you've never spoken to because you have your friends. The truth of the gospel is what has gotten me through some really low and lonely points in college. RUF is a place rooted in that truth of the gospel. I'm so glad I've been reminded every week for almost four years through large group, through RUF events, through community groups of the gospel. I'm thankful that even though my time at RUF is coming to a close, my time in Athens isn't as I'll be staying for the next two years in graduate school. Maybe I find more community quicker than I did in my undergraduate years, but maybe not. Whatever happens, I know that my trust, my hope, my strength, my identity is all in the Lord. I'm thankful the Lord knows my story, my past, my present, my future, and he has it all figured out. I pray that you all would trust in that truth. Again, my name's Alexa. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to a small part of my story. Hey, y'all. My name is Hunter Burnett, and I'm obviously a graduating senior. First, I want to thank the senior class for giving me the opportunity to speak. It's unbelievable that we are already closing this special time in our lives a time that has been marked with so much change, both in the world and in our own lives, and yet so much consistency. A hallmark of that consistency, at least in my own life, has been the ministry of RUF. I vividly remember leaving Freshman Welcome early and getting in a total stranger's car, a stranger I later learned was Sam Brunson, with three other random guys to go to an undisclosed location. Looking back, I'm sure I was nervous, but honestly, I don't really remember the nerves from that night. If anything, I was probably more cynical. I was desperately longing to find a place that preached the word of God with the seriousness that it warranted and to worship God with songs that were filled with powerful theology, not just catchy tunes. I was exhausted from years of of churches that were devoid of substance, feeling like maybe I was doing this whole Christian thing wrong. I knew nothing about RUF, so I was assuming it was probably going to be similar to my previous experiences dealing with any sort of Christian organization. I couldn't have been more wrong. What I found at RUF was a place that took the Bible seriously, all parts of the Bible, not just the feel-good parts that Jesus loves me, but the confusing and hard-to-swallow parts too. I finally felt like I could be a Christian without telling myself that I should just stop thinking too much. But when I look back, there's so much more that I wish I could tell that freshman hunter. I wish I could tell him the amazing memories he would make, the wonderful people he would meet, and the glorious work that God would do. At the same time, I wish I could tell him what lies he was believing and would have to unravel over the course of the next four years. It is two of these lies that I want to talk about in the hopes that addressing them can save someone else from believing them. The first lie is that college is all about you. This is absolutely false. This is a lie that my fiance Alexa was the first to bring to my attention. God is the creator of the universe, and he is the point. You are in college to glorify Him in the way you act, the way you study, the way you work, the friendships you make, the conversations you have, and in everything else you do. You will be told that it's your time to enjoy yourself and have fun. You will be told that college is about readying yourself for the future. You will be told that college is about finding out who you really are. You will be told all of these things and more by your parents, advisors, professors, friends, commercials, ads, and everything in between. Don't believe them. It will lead you into a four-year spiral of self-centered worship, ultimately leading to utter despair. Your time in college is about glorifying God, and that 
is the most satisfying thing in the world. The second lie is that RUF will ultimately satisfy you. By RUF, I mean the organization itself. Again, I can't express how grateful I am for RUF, but I found myself and other people around me believing that being a part of RUF was my identity. I realized this after I had a conversation with someone that told me that they, quote, were the face of RUF. The reality is, 10 years from now, no one at UGA RUF will know any of our names. This is a humbling but a glorious truth. If you strive to be the face of RUF, then you will have missed the purpose of RUF and what makes it so incredible. That is, that Christ is magnificent and beautiful and glorious and worthy of our admiration. That experiencing Him more through the preaching of the Word, the worship, and the fellowship that we do at RUF is the most satisfying thing in the world. I wish I could say so much more and thank so many people for these unbelievable four years of my life, but I don't have the time. One thank you I want to say is to Ben Coppage and the labor he has done for the kingdom of God the last two and a half years. Ben, no one can take the work you have done away. It is eternal work, and I thank you. Let me leave everyone with 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Hey guys, my name is Emily Cartledge and I'm a senior communication sciences and disorders major here. When I think of what RUF means to me, the first word that comes to mind is family. And I don't say that lightly. Um, growing up, family wasn't always a safe thing for me. I've had a lot of pain and loss in my life in that realm. But when I started coming to RUF, I came across a community of people unlike any that I've ever been a part of. Many of you have walked beside me in some of the hardest moments of my life these past few years and have challenged me and helped me grow in more ways than you may ever know. I've had the privilege of getting to talk to many of you and hear a lot of your stories, and so tonight I thought I'd like to return the favor. Some of you know my story already and some don't, and I don't have enough time to go into too much detail, but I'd love to talk to any of you who want to talk more about it later and hear from you as well about how God's been at work in your life. I didn't grow up in a traditional Christian environment. I spent the majority of my childhood in Iowa with my parents and three siblings, and when I was a toddler, my parents got our family involved in a group which turned out to be a religious cult. This group was extremely controlling, and so growing up I didn't have contact with any of my family or people outside of the group. We didn't grow up celebrating holidays or birthdays. While the group taught from the Bible, it was always taken out of context and twisted to what they wanted it to mean, and it always left out the truth of the grace found in the gospel. So I grew up with a lot of confusion about who God was and what it meant to have a relationship with him. The leader of this group is named Sharon, and she would often target families or members of the cult and accuse them of doing really terrible things. When I was around eight years old, Sharon decided to start targeting my family, and more specifically, my older brother and I. She accused us of doing a lot of horrible things, including sexually abusing our little brother and sister. At the time, I didn't even know what that meant, much less had I done that but my parents believed her and followed her instructions on how to handle it. For a little over a year, my brother and I were locked in our rooms and subject to being beaten and starved until we would admit to what Sharon had accused us of. Towards the end of our time in that group, God moved in my heart and called me to himself. 
While I didn't know exactly what that meant at the time, I knew I couldn't handle what I was going through on my own. And that is when I would say I became a Christian, even though it was years before I would come to understand the implications of that. Eventually, Sharon told my parents that we were too dangerous to live at home anymore. My parents called the police to have the two of us taken away to a children's shelter. From there, we went into foster care, where we spent the next eight months. During this time, my grandparents found out we were up for adoption, and they ended up adopting us, without having seen us since we were little. We moved to Georgia the summer before I started sixth grade to live with them. When we moved here, we started school at a private Christian school, and I started to be taught more about the Bible and the real truth of the gospel. Throughout my years in middle and high school, however, I continued to struggle a lot with what it really meant to have a relationship with God and who He was in my life. I went through a long stretch of bitterness and anger at God for what He had allowed me to go through, and for all the things and people He had allowed me to lose. And during that time, I struggled with depression and just feeling really alone. This period of depression and anger lasted until about my sophomore year of high school, until God softened my heart more towards Him and allowed me to see how His goodness was still at work in my life. To this day, I still struggle with questions about why I had to go through everything I have. But thankfully, when I came to college, I became involved in this community of people who allowed and invited me to bring those struggles to the table. I never had a pastor or mentor or even friends really in my life before who wanted to sit down with me and hear my story and hear the things I was struggling with and who then continued to point me back to scripture and truth. RUF has been life-changing to me, and I get emotional when I think about all the ways God has used this ministry to work in my life these past few years. Each one of you has played a part in that, and for that, I'm very grateful. I will always be so incredibly thankful for my time in the CGA RUF community, and I'm so excited to be moving on and serving in RUF at James Madison for these next couple years, where I hope that God will use my story and the things he's taught me to minister to other students like me. To each of you, I'd just like to say thank you. You may not know how much of an impact you've had on me, but I guarantee you have just by being a member of this amazing community. I hope that if I can leave you with any bit of hope is that God does not allow you to go through pain and suffering, whether big or small, without a purpose. And there's no point in your story at which he's left you. He's good always, even when we're too blind to see it. Thank you all for being a group of people who constantly reminds me of that. And thank you all for being my family. Hey folks, this is Colin Stevens. I really miss you guys and seeing you face to face in Redeemer, and I hope you're all doing well. I was thinking through what I wanted to share, and one thing that came to mind was worship. And I don't mean worship from a musical standpoint. I mean worship as a means by which God transforms us. The Lord knew that my freshman self needed to hear about my own sin. Because in order to understand the Lord's grace and the full breadth of His mercy, we have to start with that. I really appreciate that RUF does not shy away from our own sin, but looks only to the hope of Jesus Christ as our Savior. He becomes a man for his people. He suffers a death that we deserved in our place. And because of that, we can trust in his righteousness, not in our own, but in his. And that's what the Lord used to form me in college, especially the first couple years, was this worship that centered around a holistic narrative of the gospel. Our sin his grace, not of our own works, but all of Jesus Christ's. I wanted to talk about friends as well and community. Um, I met so many of my best friends at RUF. Friends and not were only fun to hang out with and go to Bolton with or the niche, shout out, best dining hall. But friends that actually challenged me. Friends that wanted to hear about the hard things in my life. Friends that actually cared to know what was going on under the surface.
If I could sum up the last four years of college in one sentence, it would be this. If Jesus really is who he says he is, then I have nothing to hide. My best moments, my best acts, my best works are nothing to put my hope in. And my worst mistakes are nothing to despair over either. The beauty of the gospel is that the Lord meets us where we are, sees us for who we really are, and considers Jesus to be enough for us. So I encourage you with this. If Jesus really is who he says he is, then you don't have anything to hide either. Thank you for listening. Love you guys so much.